Hello, this is Voice Your Mind podcast from Listening. Welcome to our show where we talk about the unheard who have no one to share about their insecurities and past trauma or even having difficulty opening up to people when feeling down. On this show, we will be discussing everything about mental health, depression, and suicide. We listening are just ordinary people who are or were in your similar state and are currently encouraging ourselves and learning to improve our state of mind. So here we are taking a step towards motivating you to get better with us every day of the week. So without any further delay, let's get started with the episode. Hello everyone, this is your host Mahmoud and our today's guest is Kathy Walden and she's a spiritual life coach teacher, mentor, and empath, intuitive speaker. And she really enjoys working with young adults because she feels when they believe in themselves, they will learn to make better choices in life. And she believes they are here to bring in new ways of seeing life and that is very positive and loving. So but by saying that, we are going to discuss a number of topics today and also like learn more about her. And that's how we start. So how are you doing today? Great. I, I'm doing excellent. I'm super excited to talk to you and, and see what comes out of our conversation. I love it. Yeah, I love it as well. Okay, so before we get into any topic, so tell me about your story. So how did everything get started for you? And yeah, that's it. Like, tell me about your story. Gosh, you know, that, how did everything get started? So I've been on a spiritual journey. If we're going to talk spiritualness, I, I went on a spiritual journey about 25, 30 years ago. And it really started when I had children. And I realized that I, my life, I wanted to be deeper. Well, the truth is I've always been spiritual, but that's when I kind of started uncovering all the old beliefs that I had and started to create new ones. And um, so that spiritual journey started about 25 years ago. And then when my children went off and they were gone there in college, I uh, became divorced. Um, I had some memories come back to me from childhood about four years ago. That set me off on another journey of learning and growing for myself. I became a spiritual life coach about two years ago. And um, I've just loved it ever since. So I, I've sold my house where I lived in Texas for 25 years. I sold that about two years ago as well. I went on a journey and I'm trying all kinds of new things now that I never thought I would try. So. Yeah, that, that is, that's amazing actually. So like, tell me about the time, like 25 years ago that you mentioned. So why did you decide to take on the path of, let's say like going into the spiritual world or like get, getting more spiritual? Right, I don't know how right. I, I actually don't know how to properly say this. So I, I'm, <laughs> I think I'm mixing up the words. Oh, you're doing great. You're great. Well, originally when I was about 19 I, or 18, I wanted to become a minister. But at that time, women were not ministers. And so I kind of forgot about religion in a sense or uh, my spiritual life. And then when I had children, I remember sitting in the audience of my church and um, I was sitting next to my husband and the minister was speaking and, and the minister was saying all this stuff. And in my mind, I was going, my husband needs to listen to all this. He needs to hear this. He needs to change. And I heard a voice in my head say, no, he doesn't need to change. 
you need to change and you need to listen. And I was, it was like getting hit on the head and I was like, oh my gosh. And I actually, at the time I found a mentor who mentored about six of us women. And we, our very first book was Marianne Williamson's, um, oh gosh, I can't believe I can't think of the name. Um, I'll think of it in a minute, but a Marianne Williamson book. And then we did a Yanla Van Zandt's, uh, One Day My Soul Opened Up. And that was a life changer for me because all of a sudden, all these, again, old beliefs from religion and Christianity, all that were meant to, I felt kind of control me, kind of slid away because I kind of remembered being with God. I mean, and look, I say the word God, but you can use source, you can use universe, like whatever word you're comfortable with, I'm very comfortable with because I feel like it's all the same. Um, and so I just remembered, uh, remembered being there before I came here and I was like, okay, I'm on this path of I'm here for spiritual reasons. Now, how do I figure that out? So that was my journey or the start of my journey, I should say. Okay, got it. Okay, so I, I do have uh, one thing in common with you, which is I forgot the name of the books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like that happens all the time. Like it really doesn't matter <laughs> how many books I've read. Like I forgot the name. And I yeah. get confused among, among the books, among the books which are closely related. Yeah, I mean, especially when you read a lot of them and the whatever books you're reading, it can be challenging. But you usually remember the ones that are really super important to you. But that's why I'm like that. Um, Marianne Williamson one. It's just yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Got it. So what? Yeah. So. You started your journey at when you were actually 18 or 19, right? Yeah. Okay, so at the beginning, how was it? Like, how did everything, like you, you, you said you got a mentor and you wrote, you read, read a book, which started, got you started off, like, got your thinking started related to this. Now, what is the feeling when like after like a few months when you are studying this topic. So what, wh how was it? Uh, when I started the topic of on my journey or uh, let's, what? Let's say you started on uh, 18 or 19. Okay. So wh when you were, you were 20 or 21, I'm uh, sorry. Yeah. 20 or 21. So how was it? So what was the things you learned and what, how that affected your life? Yeah, well, what's interesting is even though I had that experience at 18 or 19, I didn't have that kind of, I hate to say conversion because that really sounds way out there uh, religious-wise, but it was really when I was 34. So I went 15 years before I really kind of came back to that spiritual journey. Um, and so I think just... You know, what I've realized through that journey is, I may not be answering your question, but what I realized through that journey was I had really low self-esteem at 18 or 19. And that is why I had a hard time doing what it is that I really wanted to do, which was, you know, be this spiritual person. But I was, I was really afraid to do it and afraid to tell my parents that's what I wanted to do. I just didn't have that real secure feeling within myself. Yeah, that happens to many, many people, especially at, at that young age. 
Yeah, because I mean, I remember reading your story and you've been through a lot of different things as well, right? You've kind of ebbed and flowed through what you wanted to do in your life. Yeah, it, it's life. It's life. Yeah. It, it, this is all about life. And if that doesn't happen, like the ups and downs, why are you even living? Right. Yeah. But, you know, I think that sometimes it's hard for people to realize that that is life. I think they feel like it's got to be cookie cutter or it's got to be one way. And maybe that's a perfectionist in people or something. But don't you think that there are sometimes people get really stuck in thinking, oh, I can only be a doctor or, oh, I can only be, you know, a stay at home mom or, oh, I can only be this or that. What do you think about that? Don't you think that some people get stuck in their in their tunnel thinking of it's got to be this way? Yeah, absolutely. It does. Uh, until the time they start to question everything. Yes. L luckily, I never went into a state where I did not question. So every time, uh, like for al almost everything, uh, I questioned why is this happening and can this be made better or can it change and will the change have a positive impact on my life or like our yes. life or people around me. So yeah. when after asking those questions, because I already had the practice of asking that question yes. all along, that why I didn't went to an tunnel uh, of being the way things like this is the way things are type of mm -hmm. mind. Like I didn't have that mindset ever. Well, you were, re I think that you were really, that's a blessing that you got because I don't think everybody has that experience. Yeah, most people don't think, I think that most people don't think beyond what is, what are they're seeing around them. Mm -hmm. like, yes. They think like this is everything, like this is how things are supposed to be done or supposed to happen. Yep. But where is it actually mentioned that this is it's all, all is supposed to happen? Even in religion. Okay, so I, I'm yes. a Okay, so I'm a Muslim. Mm -hmm. But we have one thing called takdeer or faith, faith, uh, faith, takdeer. It's like F-A-T-E, that faith. Uh, it's, it states that everything oh. that you will do is written. But that does not imply that it is written in like you, you do not have the choice. Like it, it is mm -hmm. written. That does not mean that it is exactly what things are supposed to be around you. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have to question that thing. So I'm I'm not a very religious guy. I'm a bit, a bit, but yeah, you have to kind of question the things. Okay. So jumping a bit uh, from that from there. Okay, so how does this spirituality or this experience affect ourselves in terms of loving ourselves in terms of you know, yeah yeah i was gonna say i'm not sure they're mutually exclude you know i don't know if they have to go together because i think some people can love themselves and maybe not be on that spiritual path i guess the the difference is do they really love themselves or are is their ego a part of that you know where they're um it's more of a, uh, um, they love themselves too much in a sense. So 
I, I think that loving, I mean, I think loving yourself is so important because if you don't love yourself, then again, like my situation where you have very low self-esteem, it keeps you from doing the things you want to do. And, and like you're talking about, maybe you've had really good self-esteem and self-love. That's why you're able to question things. But for those people who have had low self-esteem and low self-love, it is easier to go by cookie cutter or, you know, your parents say to go this way. So you go that way because you don't trust your intuition. You don't trust yourself to make choices. And I really believe, and that's why, you know, when you introduce me and why I like to work with young people is because as young people like you, when you know and believe in yourself and love yourself, you are able to make such better choices in the world compared to when you don't have high self-esteem then you're gonna, you are gonna live life by default. Does that make sense? It does. It absolutely. Why wouldn't it make sense? That's yeah. the thing. Yeah. But I, I think there's a lot of people who don't realize that they're living life by default. But if you are constantly, and I hate, I hate, I hate is such a strong word, but I don't like to say this about parents because I think parents do the best they can. But if you were living your life based on solely what your parents want for you, and also culturally that's very challenging right so different cultures it's all about what parents say that's what they want you to do but if you only go by what your parents say or what by what your friends say but it really doesn't feel true to you then you are kind of living life i believe by default yes absolutely there's an interesting part of my story that i'd like to share not sure. part of my story but a fact which is, uh, I don't know where my self-esteem came from. I don't, I really don't know. It's not like I had it from like young age. I did not. Yeah. I did not have a self-esteem, a big age self-esteem. I was shy till the day of like seven, eight grade or seven, eight, eighth grade, I guess. And after that, I don't know when, where my self-esteem came from or my self-confidence came from. Or my self-belief came from because um, I, I I always say this that I internally I have to fight two people like there is a f the fight going on between my head like one person who is good has great thoughts and then who's belittling the belittling me yes right. yes so the two thoughts are like constantly fighting so I don't know I know that the this, the second, the latter one that I mentioned came from the surroundings, or mm -hmm. or everything that the people the people I, I interact with or the neg negative experiences. But I don't know where that goodwill or like the for former one came from. I don't know. I have hmm. no idea where that came from. Yeah. Have you heard the story of the two wolves? I did not i did not yeah you should check it out so google that the story of the two wolves and it's a native american tale and it's about that with that you have a good wolf inside of you and a bad wolf inside of you and one of this one of the endings is um which they somebody asks well which one leads me and it's they say whichever one you feed but there's an alternative ending and it's more about how you use them together instead of basically villainizing one or the other and I think that's a really interesting idea because we tend to make it seem like our ego is a negative part of us instead of going you know it's been there to keep us safe and to keep us protected I mean that's been, been its job 
but the other side of us, that spiritual side of us, or, or the, I hate to say good and bad. I mean, that's, that's, you know, you're kind of saying I like chocolate and not vanilla, but that um, spiritual side of us is where I believe that intuition comes in and helps us to guide us through our life. But the ego is not bad and it's not meant to be villainized. So that I like the story of the, um, the two wolves. So definitely check it out and have your listeners check it out because it's very, very interesting. Okay, so I just searched on Google. I don't know what it is. It, it kind of seems like uh, the, the image that the main image that popped up in, uh, and at the front, it seems like, uh, what do you call it? Have you seen the circle? Which mm-hmm. in, in, I, I, I think that's from Kung Fu. Like there is an white sign, like circle, yeah. the, there's a white and like the, there's a black. Yeah, it's yin and yang. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Yin and yeah. yang. Yes. Yeah. So it seems similar to this. I yes. Think. Yes. You know, that's one thing I love. I, I really love all religions. And I, what I love about them is you really can get such beautiful things out of each of them. And maybe it's not even religions, right? In uh, the Chinese culture, I'm not sure it's a religion, but it's a, you know, Buddhism is not necessarily a religion, but a way of life. So I think there's so many really amazing, beautiful things we can take from, from, every, from everywhere. Every, every, every religion or culture, like both. Yes, culture, actually, yes. Actually Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah absolutely. And that is all about life because if from every place that you go uh, you, you can learn something from there every yeah. every single place either it is good or bad if it it even if it's bad it's good and in, in the in context of later time Be, like, yes. because you're gonna you can use it uh use that experience to actually learn what to do better or like what to change so like in both contexts it's better and it's all about the perspective Yes. You know, I look at when you're going through something hard as also as kind of a shift in your life. And it's meant to shift you into a much more positive way. And kind of like you're saying, you know, see how you've done it and how you want to do it differently. And that's a shift. That's a shift into doing it into a more loving way for yourself. And I I believe for the world, but it's hard to love the world until you really love yourself. But that's, again, my opinion. I've got people I know who disagree with that. And I'm like, you can't fully love other people until you fully love, forgive, and accept yourself as you are. Absolutely. So I think, uh, as you said, like self-love is the core of every, every other love. Yes. It, it, it is. Okay, so uh, it, it would be not a jump, but a flow that you actually mentioned. Uh, a, a prequel type flow okay so how did <laughs> <laughs> yeah so how did your childhood traumas affect your adulthood and your self-love okay so i want you to ask that question one more time how did okay, the how, uh, how did your childhood traumas affect your today's life and, and your self current self, self-love yes yes that is a great question so when I was growing up, I thought my life was pretty normal. I felt like I was from a very normal childhood, normal family. And I remember in my 20s, um, I was dating and I married somebody. I, I kept going, I think something happened in my childhood. 
I don't know what it was, but like something was wrong. And he kept saying, you're fine, you're fine, get over it. So I kind of just kind of put it under the carpet and just kind of left it. But I still kept, there was something nagging at me. And then about four years ago, so now we're going to fast forward. I, I'm in my 50s. So at 54, I um, had a memory come back to me of being molested as a child. And, and then I've also done some therapy before that as well to realize there was some childhood trauma. I had complex PTSD from my childhood. There was, I just, there was a lot going on. And, and so what I realized once I realized then that I also had that um, childhood trauma from at like age three or four, I mean, I don't even remember where it was or I just know that it happened. But in that moment, once I knew that, yes, I truly was a victim, like there really was something that happened to me. I'd been playing a victim for 40 years, but now I actually was able to go, you really were a victim. And now you don't have to be a victim any longer because now you know what happened. And now you know you're not crazy because all that time I thought it was crazy for feeling the way I felt. And now you can really do the healing. And that is truly when the self-love and the self-care started because I got into therapy and I started to be able to work through the, all the emotions of that. I was seeing a spiritual uh, coach at the time as well. And she was helping me to heal. And it was somebody that I could really talk to about my feelings of things that were going on. Um, I started to do things for myself every day that was loving towards myself. I also went through a major depression as well. Even a year and a half after that, I went through a major depression when I realized I was really unhappy where I was and how I was living my life. I knew that it was time for a change because I had done what I was talking about earlier. I was living my life in a box. I went to college uh, part of the time I became a flight attendant. I got married. I had children. I lived in the suburbs. Um, I ended up getting divorced. I raised my children and I then am living in the suburbs in a home by myself. My kids are now gone, grown and gone. And I am single and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I hope that's okay. If I cast, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. That's okay. I I'm like, what the heck am I doing? Like, why am I living this life? And that is when all kinds of shifts started happening. And I found the Jay Shetty coaching school. I got into that. I got coached myself. And what I loved about coaching was instead of them telling you how to be, they ask you questions. So you really dig inside yourself to find the answers because all the answers are already inside of you. And one of the things I really like that you said was that you said you're not sure even where you got your self-esteem, but you know you have it. Where so many of us know we don't have self-esteem and we don't know how to get it. And, um, and, and that's one of the things that I think is so important is to learn, you know, get your self-esteem. And one of the ways that you can do that is by every day doing one thing that feeds your soul. If that means drink a cup of coffee for 10 extra minutes, then you do that. If it means taking a bath, then do that. If it means saying no to somebody because it doesn't feel right to say yes, then say no. That is a part of self-love and self-care. And so for the last um, probably three years, that's what I've really been working on is, is building that self-esteem muscle. Because it is, it's like a muscle that you have to build since you've, I, for myself, I listened to people for so long. 
Okay, got it. Uh, one point, I think they said addition can be the one thing that that can be added to to there was. Uh, I think people do. Everyone has self esteem. It's just they identify themselves that they don't have it. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right. You're right. They, yes, because it's all it's deep inside of you. You just have to kind of untap that. Yeah, absolutely. There's an interesting thing that I learned, and I'm still researching on it, mm-hmm. which is that uh, everyone is actually neutral. So there's not uh, they there is nothing called this guy is strong or this guy looks great or on something or like for female the both like for for, for both of them. So this isn't there is not a thing which you can define yourself or because the everything is related to your environment. So mm-hmm. if you grow up in a state where you have to be strong, you will be strong. Yeah. And there's always a soft side of you. Yes. That, and there's always a soft side of it that you didn't try to be. Yes, definitely. So people are neutral. That like I I don't know how like I don't know more about this topic, so if, if you want you can add to this. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and have you heard of David Hawkins? No. Okay. Well, he is. Uh, he was another spiritual person, and he he kind of brought um, lots of uh, Christianity, Hinduism. Um, and Buddhism together. And he basically talks about exactly what you're talking about, being neutral. That's why he said you don't have to hate chocolate to love vanilla. And that's what he talked about is being very neutral, not detached, but non-attached to things. So you are definitely onto something. Not that David Hawkins is the end all be all of spiritual things. I'm just saying. Some of his ideas are interesting. And he's very, if you are an intellectual, then a lot of the things he talks about, they're very science-based. It's very interesting. Okay, many people hate science for some reason. Yeah. Many, many, yeah, many he, people, yeah. Yeah, go I ahead. I think he was a psychiatrist. He was either a psychiatrist. I think he was a psychiatrist, but Yeah. He's had a whole, he had a whole, he's passed away, but he had a whole spiritual journey. He was kind of an interesting man. But. I, I, I have done this, I just discovered him uh, that the, the moment he said his name. So I didn't know it. So I searched for him on here, here on my computer. Yeah. So I have to look, look for it. Okay. So there's one, one thing that you mentioned. So like attachment or like not getting attached and detachment. So what's the difference mm-hmm. of it? And like, what's the feeling of it? So uh, yeah. because I've been trying to get myself detached from stuff, maybe like, I, I don't know if, how to do it. So tell me the difference of it and how can someone do it? Well, I think, so when I think of the two, I think of detachment as being the ego. So you're still trying to detach means you're kind of like, well, I just don't want to deal with that kind of thing. So I'm going to just detach from that. And whereas when I think of non-attachment, it's like it doesn't matter if it happens or it doesn't happen. And you're not you're literally not attached to the outcome. Whereas detachment, there's still for me, it still feels like there's some I kind of care what's going to happen, but I'm going to detach from it because if I detach then I don't have to feel anything. 
Does that make sense to you? So to me, the detachment feels more like the ego and non-attachment feels more, uh, more centered and more spiritual of nature. I'm th still thinking about it. I, I don't know. I, the fact is, I don't know the definitions of it, how people do uh, define it. So for me, the, the latter one, like that, not like not getting to attached. I thought that this was this that like not get. Oh, sorry, I forgot the word detachment. Like I thought, n not getting attached was this that detachment. Yeah, I think. Well, we'd have to dictionary.com the actual um, real meanings <laughs> of them. But with non-attachment, to me, it's it feels more neutral. Non-attachment feels more neutral than detachment. Detachment still feels like it's more of the, the ego's trying to uh, get away from feeling it or something. But again, that, that's just my, that's what, how I view it. Okay. So how can actually people do it? So how can people actually get like, like not just like not attached to things? Like, mm. cause people are already attached to a lot of things, their personality traits, uh, there's yes. people surrounding themselves as well. Like the, the, the way are, they are brought up, like all the things they are attached to. It. So how can they not get attached to it or let go in a way? Right. How, you know what, again, I think it's a, it's a muscle that you have to practice. And I think it's, it's practicing on something very simple at first that you, you could go either way about, but practicing not being attached to it, not being attached to an outcome of, like say you're dating somebody and you really like that person and being able to, again, if you're detaching from them, that means you're, you're it feels like you're severing what, what could be an, um, what could be, it feels like you're severing what could be you guys having a relationship together when you detach. When you're not attached or non-attached to it, it feels more like if it works out, then it will be lovely. And if it doesn't work out, that also is lovely because then that isn't the person that you're going to be with. Like there's somebody else that maybe is a better fit. So I think being able to, that's a way of practicing non-attachment. Does that make sense to you? It does, but how, however, a, a, a bit funny thing came to my mind while you're talking. That is like, uh, if uh, we are not like, uh, even a bit attached to a person uh, that we're dating. Okay, yeah. So yes. <laughs> that that would be a weird thing, you know. Like I think that would be a weird thing in a way uh, that we're changing people in every day or week. That would right, be right, right. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So this is, so this is what I've noticed. So before I realized I had trauma, I'm going to say BT before trauma, when I was dating people, I'm also an empath, so I can feel people's energy. So I was dating basically narcissists. So I was dating people who we were fighting and we were having troubles getting along and I was trying to find my independence, but they didn't want me to be independent. They wanted me to rely on them. And that was all, there was lots of drama, right? Trauma creates drama. So lots of drama. That was because I was attached. I was attached to what they thought about me. I was attached to, are we going to be together or not? I was attached to 
um, will we have children? Will we not have children? Now I'm divorced. Uh, will our children get along? Am I pretty enough? Am I thin enough? I'm attached to all of that, right? That's all before trauma. Now, post-trauma, you know, after, after trauma, I should say, AT, now I'm in a relationship with somebody where I really understand non-attachment because we have what I would consider a healthy relationship. Whereas if he wants to go hang out with his friends and go golf all day, it doesn't bother me. I'm not attached to that. And if I want to go and spend the weekend with girlfriends, he's, it doesn't bother him. He's not attached to that, but we have a relationship and we love each other, but our attachment is in more of a, like a, a love with a capital L instead of a drama trauma love. So I think that is what's creating the non-attachment more because it's not that we're still not attached to each other, but it's really more out of a love and care that is very, um, it's just not, the ego isn't as involved. So it's very loving. I, I'm trying to, I, does, does any of that make sense to you? It does, you know, why, like, you know, why dare we? Because I, I have very less experience in this context. So I'm yeah. not trying to, yeah. No, well, I know we could talk about anything. I mean, you could even talk about, um, I do, no, do you, your parents. Yeah. As long as you no, understand no, what I, I, yeah. No, I, I am learning. I'm learning yes. and that is great. Okay. So that will help yeah. me later on in my life. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, and that's why it's not that you're not, it's not that I'm not attached to my boyfriend. I, I am attached to him, but what I'm not attached to is if he decides he wants to leave, I would be horribly sad, but I also am at a point spiritually that I'd be like, okay, we, we have outgrown each other. We are just, it's time to move into a different phase in our lives. And that, again, I would still cry. I would still maybe stomp around the house. I would still have all those feelings, but deep down I would know that it's, it's, we're meant for other things. So it's time to move on. And I believe that's what non-attachment is. But detachment is when my ego gets involved and says, you know what, he's not showing me enough love. So I'm just gonna, you know, like, put myself over here for a while and just see if he misses me. Cause if he misses me, then, well, you know, that that's, again, that's the ego getting involved. And that's the, that I'm creating drama. I'm creating more drama. Okay. So, so, so finally, uh, at the end, so that this came around detachment, uh, sorry, uh, like not attachment results in appreciation and respect. Yes, yes, definitely. And the judgments, as you also already mentioned, is all about ego and arrogance. That's yes, it. yes. Yeah, that's what I think because, and it, it really makes a lot of sense. Again, to me, it makes a ton of sense. What do you think about all that that I've mentioned to you? Uh, I have to learn more about this topic. Like that, 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 <laughs> like that, uh, I, I would have, I would have like the, the thing that I would have said at the very first, uh, it was that I had to, I, I need to go in, into a relationship pretty soon, but I did not thinking about the audience cause it might yeah. 
it might have came off weird but it will remain yeah okay but it it will the marriage i'm not even attached to the idea of getting st- like getting into a relationship at at the moment at least i was previously maybe at a, at a time at the moment i'm not right and don't you feel that that's more non attachment than detachment from it yeah yeah but i'm attached to my goals like that's that's that, that's one of the things so the one of the thing that i'm trying to get like like a, someone asked me to uh, try to get detached I, I, with the definition of non attachment right uh, with my goals yeah uh, of my goals because i'm like crazy into my goals like everything that i wanted to like work on it work on it work on it right right okay so in that context so that's something that i'm struggling with so i'm not yeah. attached to a person or anyone i'm attached to my goals like really attached to my goals at the moment right so when when you are attached to your goals it's almost like i mean you can tell me but it almost drives you crazy cuz you're like i want it to happen i want it to happen like let's get going like move 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 right you're very driven do you feel driven cuz you're attached to and you're attached to the outcome of what the goal is correct actually i'm attached to two things one uh i was only attached to the outcome previously yeah however like during the period of like past past year or so uh yeah almost the past year or, the, or like a, actually a bit more than last year so after talking to so many people i've realized uh the importance of learning in the process and mm-hmm. one i uh, want to sense that Uh, with this is on Shane 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 like we talk with like yeah we talk with on on my other podcast um that episode is not uploaded yet he said uh when you're going towards a goal and like working towards it and you want to reach it that's great and when you have started we have start, started taking steps you realize that you have already reached your goal in a way that you're getting better like it's like he didn't mention the word you are getting better you you'll understand that you are already in the destination yeah the journey is or the journey the journey or the process is already a destination so in a way i'm already feeling the appreciation that i i i feel the appreciation that i am in the process of and i appreciate every single step when not just uh, when i overcome it but also when i'm on the process of overcoming a challenge let's say yeah this is a challenge yes demotivation a major challenge it's really demotivating when the team you are working with is not motivated the way you are motivated right right so that that was one of the challenges so was it bad for a moment it was like the feeling of like the just thinking about it was bad but when you're thinking about how can you actually uh, get around it okay that is a issue that everyone faces through books i've learned it this is the f- issue that every single one faces from the smallest companies to the the largest companies even even in google apple or microsoft or those companies they have this issue okay so what can we do about it we started working on it maybe a few people might leave that's okay 
but that's all part of the process and we have to accept it Definitely. and and outgrow the feeling that this is and you and in the process i was appreciating that i am letting go of people that would have might not have been a good fit potentially mm-hmm. and also uh, i learned how to motivate the team i mean it's, it's not like it's it, it is a never ending process of team motivation and we have to work on it so every time i see someone who is getting motivated to do something learning new thing in the team i feel good because i have already started a process of motivating my whole team yeah so i have appreciation for both that the process as well because i've already just in a way i feeling i'm feeling like i'm reaching a destination a destination again i'm not super attached to the over outcome again I'm, i feel on the flip side i'm also feeling that i'm attached to the destination i've got it's a complex feeling yes 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 well and i think sometimes we you know you still have to go through the process of moving forward but then at some point you kind of have to surrender it to like a bigger like i believe source universe god has the bigger picture that we don't have So there are pieces being put together that we don't know about. And if we can, that's where our surrender comes into. We, we move forward. You do everything you can. You, you know, you help your team and you, you know, get people surrounding you that are really good at what they do. So it helps your team and you keep moving forward. But then at some point you have to like, let go and go, okay, I need, I need, you know, you to start uh, the universe or God to start putting the puzzle pieces together for you and not controlling it. Cause I think sometimes when we're attached to it, we're really trying to control what happens and that that's where we get into trouble. So, and that's where non-attachment comes into is really it's, it's stop trying to control things. Okay. That's, this is actually a weird, I, I wouldn't say weird, but, uh, and okay I, i will call it weird i don't i'm not getting any, any, any i'm not getting <laughs> i'm any good better, with but, weird <laughs> okay so uh, i'm not getting actually, actually getting any better words that's why I'll, I'll say weird um this is always a weird feeling because it's it is hard to define yeah i, I it is hard for me to define that if i'm if, am i actually attached to the outcome or am I not attached to that or to the outcome? Again, am I attached to the time frame or I'm not attached to the time frame? I am. I don't know it yet because I'm having the feeling of both. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is you actually know the answer to that, and. Uh, but but at some level, it's easier for you to be confused as to which is which, but you actually know the answer to it. So you'd have to probably dig a little deeper as to what that answer is, because it's in there, you have it, like nobody needs to tell you, but at at some level, you don't want the answer maybe. Because it's, it, because staying in limbo is also its own little uh, game our minds play with us. 
okay so uh, and this is the most important thing i don't even know if i don't want to know right right yeah yeah that's that so uh, did, did you have any period in your time when you'd understood that this is something you did not wanted to know absolutely now being able to look back on it now i realized that i didn't want to know because i already knew the answer and i didn't want to look at the answer because it wasn't the answer that my ego wanted but my spirit knew the right answer i hate right but uh, my spirit knew the answer that was best for my soul but my ego still wanted to be very attached so i chose the ego path instead of the spirit path because um that that's just where i was and that's okay that was what i chose you know i mean were the consequences really big no there it was not life or death but it probably kept me in a situation longer than i needed to be but it is what it is right i mean this that is the beautiful thing about life it's a mystery and it's a um you know you just never know what's going to happen and sometimes even when you try to control it and manipulate it to get it where you want it you're still dealing with other other people who have free will so you can't manipulate and change them you think you can but the truth is you can't you can only change you yeah that's really interesting absolutely Okay, so can you give me one example, like what uh, among the all the examples? So, uh, what was uh, the the same thing? Uh, so, what uh, one example of uh, the thing that you you knew already, but you didn't wanted to know, or like because it was because of the ego, like the big ego didn't wanted to know. Can you give me one example of it? Yeah, you want me to give you an example? Okay. So mine was I and I'm going back to a relationship cuz that's I cuz I I am a relationship person. So mine was I was in a um 8-year relationship with and I was engaged and um and I it just kept that it still felt not right. But there was a part of me that I mean he we had fun together. Lots of parts about it were easy. but then there were a lot of things that were really challenging and that were not easy but i i thought it was so much easier than my first marriage that i thought oh this is it but there was still part of me that kind of questioned you know is this the person i'm supposed to be with or not and i i think what happens is i think he was the right person for me to be with at the time but i think we outgrew each other and instead of me leaving sooner when i felt that coming on i kind of stuck it out because we had kids involved at, at that point and so you kind of end up doing things sometimes because of others around you instead of what your soul is longing for you to do and like for me i'm a people pleaser so i was wanting to make sure everybody was okay so sometimes you have to kind of understand yourself better Um and now of course I don't beat myself up over that but I also realize you know could I have ended things sooner absolutely but again remember I that was before trauma so I was creating a lot of drama in my life and that fed that fed a part of my soul 
of the drama that I liked and the chaos. That was part of what I liked. So remember I said to you, you probably have the answer. You do have the answer inside of you, but at some level it feeds you in some way to not give yourself the answer yet. Exactly. So we are actually running out of time. Actually, we ran out of time already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, this has been it. I thank you for having this conversation with me. It's been very interesting. Yeah. Okay. So before, yeah, the, the, it, it was really interesting for me from my end as well. Okay. So before leaving, so do you want to share anything with us? Uh, as in like any advice or anything? Yeah. You know, again, I think the biggest things are really learning to trust your intuition and trust that gut that you have inside of you. And if it doesn't feel right to do something, then don't do it. And if it feels right, like really, really practice that intuition on really simple things first. So then it, when it gets into more challenging things, you will understand what what your gut is trying to tell you. And for those who really don't love themselves, then really working on your self-love is very important. Again, if you're making a career choice because it's what your family and your friends want, but it doesn't feed your soul, then at some level, you may get physically sick, you may get emotionally sick, but at some level, you're you will not be happy and that will all come out. And it's better to do it now while you're young or while you're, you know, don't have the the consequences aren't as high and um just you know start loving yourself and trusting yourself and that goes for relationships yourself and it goes for business as well because i love that you said you you got rid of some people but then you started surrounding yourself with people that you really trusted and you were there to do the job that you really liked i mean that is really key as well okay that was a great piece of advice. And so where can listeners find you online? Listeners or the viewers? Yes. Well, you can find me at Instagram at Kathy Walden Spiritual Coach and uh, also on Facebook at Kathy Walden. And I was doing TikTok for a while. I'm still trying to decide if I want to stay on there, but um, you can find me there at Kathy Spiritual Coach. Okay. That was it for today. Uh, again, our today's guest was Kathy, Wal <laughs> Kathy Walden. So sorry for mispronouncing your name. No worries. No worries. Yeah, she is, she was a, she is a spiritual life coach, teacher, mentor, empath, intuitive, and speaker. And this is your host Mahmoud by saying at signing off for today. Bye. And that's the end of today's episode. I know taking action is quite a hard job to do. So I hope the advice and insights we got today will help you to take the leap of faith and pursue your dreams. You can share your story with us with the first link in the description box and don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on the Apple Podcast. We will come back with another episode till then keep healing, learning and growing. Thank you.